Hello and welcome to Basel Tov, the courage and creativity of ADHD. I'm Jen. I'm Ellen. And I'm Annette. And this is another episode of ADHD Theater. So, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so, it feels like a theater every day because you like go outside, you put your mask on, you know, you pretend to be normal and and inside mm-hmm. it's nothing but a circus. God, but speaking yes. of circuses, our 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 topic today <laughs> is about intimate relationships. <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, intimate relationships for people with ADHD can be more challenging than relationships without it. So, um, why is that? We're going to kind of dig into that, you know, some questions surrounding why that could be, uh, talk about our own personal stories relating to ADHD in personal, in romantic relationships this we're not gonna you know talk about friendships here i'm sure some of this will apply to friendships too but we're talking about intimate relationships here um and we'll you know just kind of go over some ideas on how we think maybe these things could be prevented or you know give some general life advice because everybody's advice is you know it's great. Who even knows? Who even knows if our <laughs> advice is good? But you know, it's, it's good. It's good to talk about this stuff in a uh, way. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> even if we can just say help opinions, one person out there, <laughs> opinions are like assholes, right? So, like, <laughs> that's uh, why I'm true. like, yeah, advice again. That's what it's littering the internet. Okay, I don't know why my brain's like this today. I'm just exhausted. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Well, we- yeah. We uh, will try not to litter people with too much advice, I guess. Just, you know, sh- share from our heart. Yeah. Share from the heart. Exactly. Just our experiences, really. You know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, so many people will probably be able to relate out there because when you're in a relationship with, you know, two neurotypical people who have full um, full capacity to function in life without the stumbling blocks that ADHD can present, um, you know, then you've got a relationship that stands to what, like it's a 50, 50, 50 divorce rate still, I think Mm -hmm. in the Mm U S something like that. It's it's, probably, so if you're two neurotypical people in a relationship and you get married, you have a, a coin toss chance (laughs) of getting a divorce (laughs) Or going, will they make it past the past the end goals? Yay! I don't know. Fifty-fifty, um, yeah. toss and the coin, I mean, find out. I think we all know mm-hmm. those power couples too. You know, they're they're both like neurotypical, high achieving. Like they just, oh, oh yeah. I'm in all of those yeah. people. <laughs> they have their shit together. They both like, have their yeah. shit together. And they have their shit together as a team. And it's just like kind of amazing to look at. You're just like, wow, how could I do this? And then, yeah, yeah, it is like catching a unicorn. And then you just want to get close enough to smell its glittery farts. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas our relationships, one of the, I don't know, maybe mine looks more like a, a, you know, clumsy donkey. Uh, (laughs) A unicorn. unicorn. We're trying here. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. my donkey might be spray painted like a rainbow. You yeah, know, close yeah. enough, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we just do the best we can. It just, yeah, it just makes funny sounds. Ignore that. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it's no problem. But with the the divorce rate with ADHD is kind of complicated. So if we're taking a look at you know the fifty fifty coin toss. When you look at younger couples with ADHD, one or both of them who have ADHD, you get like almost no difference in divorce rate. It's kind of interesting. Like, I don't know why this is. <laughs> I couldn't find any information about what that was. So if either of you guys know, then, you know, feel That's free to share. But over like if you look at older adults who are in more established relationships, the all of a sudden the divorce rate like doubles <laughs> so wow it's like then a 75 percent chance like because you had oh. 50 more i don't know my math sucks one... so you tell me if that's right <laughs> <laughs> like so if one or both of them have adhd in an older couple relationship it's a 75 percent divorce rate that might make yeah, actual I don't know. sense it says it doubles 
mm-hmm. might actually make sense because when you're younger and you get married, your your personality is still developing. You don't really get set in who you are until you're like in your 30s. And that so, is so true. true. Your brain is still developing until you're 25, 26, right? 26. 26. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Some oh of us and, and generationally speaking, if we think about this, like our generation is sometimes cost, called the lost generation when talking about like learning disabilities and mental illnesses, because a lot of us didn't get diagnosed when we were kids because that a lot of clinicians still thought ADHD did not apply to girls. So I wish the older you get, the more (laughs) likely you are not to be diagnosed, which means that you wouldn't know what, what the problem was in the first place. Well, also, if you're looking at, yeah. Also, if you're looking at older couples, usually they'll wait until the kids grow up and then they're like, bye bitch. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. True. Also a thing. There's a bunch of factors. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the culture of staying for the kids versus, well, fuck that, I'm out. Like, <laughs> I'm a better, well, better parent by myself. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever thought about it this way? Like, uh, if we have so much trouble keeping a hobby for all of like even a month, how hard mm-hmm. is it to keep the same person? <laughs> God, eh, right? Point. Yeah, yeah. It when is a good ADHD, point. Things need to stay interesting for us to be engaged, mm-hmm. and so that makes exactly. A lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also when you're just in a, in the dating phase of a relationship, the neurotypical person may not notice all of the you know, interesting coping mechanisms that somebody with ADHD might employ in their house, you know, all through the day Mm -hmm. and night to get from point A to point B as an adult. Especially if we're good at masking it. Yeah, exactly. So if you can mask it well in public, then when somebody comes home with you and they're, you know, in your private living space, it's going to be a completely different picture, especially, especially like, you know, living there day after day after day. So if you're more old fashioned and don't move in together until after you've tied the knot, then yeah, I suppose you're in for a kind of a shocker. <laughs> but- Dude, do ADHD people Marie Kondo their relationships? Like you, you no longer bring me joy. Ooh. Yeah, this relationship <laughs> doesn't spark joy. <laughs> yeah. I, mean- I don't know. I feel like I have. Um- <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's why you just gotta keep keep the spark going keep things interesting i guess yeah yeah absolutely but mm-hmm. yeah so we've we've got this you know like higher divorce rate stigma and just to be clear i'm not saying that adhd causes divorces because it doesn't most of the divorces happen when you don't know you have it or you know you have it but you haven't actually treated it so of those divorces, the lion's share are people who have taken like zero precautions to try to, you know, fix some of the issues that ADHD might present within the relationship or just within life in general. So, yeah, yeah, it was after yeah. my divorce. <laughs> it was early 2021 when I got divorced. And it was it was shortly after that that I was kind of like what's wrong with me? I need to, I need to figure myself out, you know, like uh, obviously hmm. something's wrong or, or different. And so that's yes. when I finally got an ADHD, like formal diagnosis is, is from, uh, yeah. So, but I, I mean, I think I suspected it, but you know, just didn't dive mm-hmm. into it until, until then. Yeah. That's interesting too. Yeah. Cause, uh, I, my diagnosis wasn't, until after I had been divorced once and then married, got married to my current husband. And uh, mm-hmm. that's when I found out. So, yep. How about you, Jen? <laughs> well, um, I, I didn't get diagnosed until after my first child was born. So, and then, and after he got diagnosed. So mm. I had to, I oddly use his diagnosis as a basis for mental health clinicians to want to explore my ADHD because I had already be, been diagnosed with PTSD as a complication. Um, so, and that'll complicate it because, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of the um, 
of the ADHD symptoms that I would complain of, they'd say, oh, no, that's probably just your PTSD acting up, or maybe it's depression mm-hmm. coming on in because of your PTSD. Maybe you just have low self-esteem because of your PTSD. Um Despite the fact that I had already gone through dialectical behavioral therapy for that and lots of cognitive behavioral therapy and my symptoms in that regard, like I just wasn't attributing them to um, PTSD. It felt like something different, like a like a legitimate barrier in my life and not just like an emotional one, but a mental barrier. And um I just kept being really persistent. And eventually at age, I want to say it was like 35 or something like that, Um, Mm -hmm. maybe 36. No, I I think I was actually like 36 or 37, maybe even. Um, It hasn't been too many years since I've I've been diagnosed, but I I had gone through a divorce already. Um, Excuse me. And then I had got, um, I was already with my current husband. We just weren't married. And um, we learned that I had ADHD. And then we eventually went on to be married. But, um, you know. It's so good that you advocated for yourself. And I feel like you really do have to do that. Like, I hate to say it, but especially as a Mm -hmm. woman, too, you know, like, you got to. Yeah. And I've had to see a few different. Uh, health professionals before I found one that I really felt like I clicked with. It's it's tough to get the right diagnosis and the right people to help you. Yeah. Well, so, also, yeah. it doesn't help that when you walk into a uh, appointment, you're already masking. You just kind of learned how to mask naturally your entire life. And so you walk into therapy appointments completely masked. And if people don't know to look for that, mm-hmm. then they're going to misdiagnose you every time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God. I'm, I'm thinking back back in my 20s. I remember going to therapy for the first time and or I guess maybe early 30s. I, I remember just straight up lying to the therapist and then later <laughs> being like, you can't do that. Like, you're not going to get the help you need. But <laughs> Why? I felt like I had to mask even then, too. There's just yeah. this pressure. So, yeah, well, that's that's the thing about therapy that people don't often think of that. And, and I did and I did that, too, even though I'm actually a very honest person, like I don't I'm not somebody who stretches the truth or lies unless it's like going to be a good surprise for somebody. Yeah. But like because um, I just don't want the burden of that. It feels too hard for me to keep navigating all the twists and turns. It's very stressful for me. Um, and mm-hmm. I attribute that to ADHD and just my <laughs> inability to keep all those balls in the air. But um, even I caught myself, um, I guess, in effect, lying to therapists just because I didn't really realize that like, I was thinking about something in a way that was incorrect or that I was attributing something to something else and it was obscuring the truth for that person. So, uh, yeah, you know, they so might not true. have. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's it something time you have to, to like learn to get to the bottom of everything. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But for all of yeah, you and if there you... who are like, you know, like therapy sucks, I'm never going to do it. Just keep trying. You'll find someone. Yeah. Sorry, mm-hmm. yeah. what were you saying? <laughs> and if you're going to lie to a therapist, imagine what you'll do when you're trying to bag a mate. <laughs> oh, yes. All the peacocking about... involved in that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is all a mask when it's dating. <clears throat> dating is all about the masking. Oh, no, I'm uh-huh. fine. Everything's great. I'm perfect. It is really, it, it is kind of fucked up, though, how it's like, you know, when you're, when you're mm-hmm. thinking about going into dating, you're like, I, I got to look really good. I got to impress this person, you know, basically like be mm-hmm. a different person, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really right. fucked up, actually. It's just human nature, and, though, I guess. And that's what they do in nature, too. You know, yeah. when birds are trying to get a mate, they try to make themselves look as good as possible. They don't look like that all the time, you know, with their feathers all puffed out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. We, we like um, to put on I, a little masking show. Yeah, we uh, do. And especially the stakes are especially high for women who are expect, expected to, you know, put on a literal mask of makeup like I have on now. And, so you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, like my face currently could be 
construed with a mask. It's just made of powder um, mm-hmm. and maybe a few oils, but like, it's just, yeah, like we're, we have to put on special clothes. We have to put on makeup. We don't normally mm-hmm. wear that crap around the house. Let's be honest. We no. want, like some do. gets itchy after a while. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, some, fine. Some people do. Some, some people that rare really makeup achieving power couple that she always yeah. has makeup on. Yeah. I yeah. really don't she know. She doesn't go why. out to get the newspaper without the makeup. It's true. She's so perfect. Yeah. Those are the yeah. ladies that show up with their kids in the school line. Mm. And they're always perfect. Mm-hmm. You're like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see. Yep. Mm. But okay. I mean, I can't imagine how like seriously how do people how do women do their hair up perfectly do their makeup get everything all put on their face get their clothes situated and picked out so it's all cute all this shit takes time and it takes me a ton of time to do mm-hmm. this and in, and I've been like experimenting with ways to cut down that time and working with my ADHD instead of against it but still it takes way too much time i'm like how do people do this i don't know how people manage to get their kids to school on time with a face full of makeup on how even better how does your well your husband's not very neurotypical so that's kind of different but like yo time blindness and getting Mm. yourself ready for stuff oh yeah (laughs) yeah well i mean i i i remember in my especially my early 20s and you know teenager uh years like you do i felt really insecure you know i I wouldn't go to the gym without makeup and so i think and i would wash my hair and blow dry it and straighten it every fucking day what a waste of time so i would say the motivation for that was (laughs) just insecurity you know that's what motivated it it's just like i gotta keep it up i gotta keep up appearances (laughs) so yeah seriously i know what you mean I know what you mean. Um, But I think that was the root of it. Yeah, we grow up being taught that that's what we have to do. And some of us carry that way farther into adulthood than others. And I feel like, you know, I'm just not capable of doing all this stuff every single day. I just want to be minimal so that it's easier. But then that's where the problems can creep up for some people who are very like, you know, focused on masking and they they think they need to have the makeup and all this stuff when they're dating, they get into this relationship, they really like this person, and they're going to go to any lengths possible to make sure that this dating situation works out. Well, but then behind closed doors, once they're together, you know, and the makeup comes off and everything, maybe it's this come off eventually. Is- kind of shallow and may I don't know like it's just it seems like all these behaviors that we force ourselves into could really I don't know affect the way somebody conceptualizes things and I mean I I want to say like I would never judge some a woman for putting on heavy makeup every day you know I'm not judging you I just I just want to make sure that she's doing it in a good place you know that she's not doing it out of like feeling obligation to mask and and out of a place of insecurity mm-hmm. but if she's doing it because she just feels fucking awesome when she does and it gives her a sense of power throughout the day then mm-hmm. you know go that's great it. then yeah go, go for, for it, it. exactly yeah. but that's not what i was doing when i was putting on makeup you know before i took the trash <laughs> out i was just you know <laughs> i've yeah. never yeah. actually done that i have no problem being anywhere with out makeup on it's good <laughs> like right now yeah. i have eyeliner eyeshadow mm-hmm. little bit of like lip tint that's it i don't do mm-hmm. any powder nothing on my face i'm just like wow great so. skin that's awesome i'm just lazy uh, yeah i'm well that's how i am now <laughs> I yeah i put on a little bit for this podcast but uh yeah After the divorce, uh, I went through about a year phase where I was just like, fuck makeup, you know, fuck doing my hair. I'm just going (laughs) to, you know, I really did. I just, uh, I I swear I just wore like uh, sweatpants and black t-shirts and (laughs) didn't comb my hair, didn't wear many makeup. I was like done with the show. 
you know, and uh, mm-hmm. and it's just been in the last like few months that after I feel like I kind of got my groove back that I'm like, oh, OK, you know, this is actually fun. Like it doesn't have to, it, you know, there's a you can always find a happy middle ground like where you can just make peace with the, the things you do, you know, with your appearance, you know, yeah. like I don't know if that makes sense, but, mm-hmm. you know, have a healthy relationship mm-hmm. with your appearance that way. Yeah, I know we have yeah. got. I feel like we keep going off on tangents, but maybe that's okay because it all relates to relationships. <laughs> that, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> it's a yeah. Well, actually, <clears throat> talking about makeup, like my husband, since the like very beginning of our relationship, he's always like, "You look better without a lot of makeup. You look, you're really cute naturally." <laughs> so, like, so I guess that's maybe I, I just don't care. <laughs> My husband's like, no matter if I have my makeup on or my makeup off, my husband's like, you're cute. That's perfect. Yeah, I think when you're looking for a partner, you know, find find someone that loves your natural face just as much as they do when you're all made up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, w- I think I was pretty like brutally honest with my now husband when we were dating or when we were just like getting to that stage where we we're deciding if we were going to date. And I was like, well, all this makeup you see on my face for work, um, it comes off the instant I get home. And most <laughs> of the time I wear nothing at all. And he was just like, OK, like <laughs> I was like brutally honest about it because I, I just didn't want to be held to that standard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all the time, like. It's exhausting. Yeah, I think sometimes we have to be brutally honest about how we really are inside mm-hmm. our own homes, especially if we're very, very good at masking, because chances are you could be a pretty different person at home than you are in public. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But just for the fun of it, I thought I would come up with a few ADHD relationship facts that people may or may not know about how ADHD could affect a relationship. My first little factoid here is that the ADHD maladjustment rate, which is like, Mm. you know, react, responding poorly to being in a relationship. Mm. So that rate is upwards of 60% for people with ADHD. So upwards of 60% of us are kind of complaining about our relationships behind people's backs mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, we're off to the side not so happy with them the maladjustment is often caused by the symptoms of adhd interfering with the relationship demands or the demands that you know people they have just you know in normal life like paying your bills on time and stuff like that but because you're in a relationship where somebody else expects you to help you know, keep communal finances going, it can start to take a toll on the relationship as well. Sure. Whereas it wouldn't if you were single. Mm, um, okay. Maladjustment just yeah, basically so. means like you're complaining about your partner to other people. <laughs> you are unhappy and not functioning well in that mm, relationship. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, I'm happy and functioning well in my relationship, but I still complain about my husband. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so maladjustment rate, 66%. Is that what you said? 60. 60. Up, upwards okay. of 60%. Oh. So the when 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 uh, sources say upwards of a certain percent, it usually means that there's been several studies done and they all have slightly different percentages that are associated with that statistic. So they just take the highest one and say upwards of this. Yes. So, <clears throat> yeah, that's what that means for people who aren't really used to, you know, demystifying research. (laughs) But um, another little factoid here is that, well, actually, I went over some of this uh, before about the divorce rates, how they are up to three up to twice as high as neurotypical couples, um, especially in like older ADHD people. Um, and and also that identifying and treating the ADHD results in better odds that your relationship will survive. <laughs> so those were some of my little factoids um, that I ended up mentioning earlier. Um, also, the low self-esteem that many people with ADHD have or could be seen with um, can make them more susceptible to being in toxic relationships. Hmm. So not only do we have kind of 
crappy outcomes sometimes, depending on your situation with ADHD. But, you know, then throw on top of that, that we are somehow more susceptible to being in bad relationships to begin with. So that's going to affect the rate of divorce as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it might not just be everybody with ADHD failing. It's probably a good chunk of of the divorce rate is also attributable to abuse. Mm. Um, and my final little factoid here that I have is that ADHD people are about 31% more likely to experience intimate partner violence than neurotypicals. Damn. Boom. That sucks. I know. Ouch. That Mm. absolutely does suck. And I have experienced intimate partner violence in my own life, um, in, in more than one past relationship. Um, so, you know, that statistic just kind of falls into line with me, unfortunately, but you know, where it kind of sucks is the fact that all during those relationships where I had no diagnosis and no way of knowing what some of my issues were, (laughs) like why some problems kept surfacing time and time again, I just, you know, kept going wondering, is this me? Is this them? I don't oh, know yeah. whose I problem mean, it is. I, my problem I thought, or theirs. I thought it was. A, I thought all my ADHD <laughs> symptoms were just, you know, personality flaws, basically. And I, you know, it was like, well, that's just the way I am, you know. But, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I third. I third that statement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, I know that. So a lot of people out there with ADHD, with ADHD, a, a really good chunk of us know what it's like to be in a relationship where it's toxic, maybe violent, um, maybe abusive in a different way, such as financially abusive, where one partner controls the finances in a relationship to such an extent that another partner essentially has no access to funds mm-hmm. um, or maybe emotional abuse instead. <clears throat> so or a combination of all of those things. Um, so, and then of course, if you think about it, we have, you know, we're less likely to respond to that, to that treatment very well, because if you throw in the kind of hypersensitivity that a lot of people with ADHD have with emotions, then you can, mm-hmm. you know, get, paint yourself a pretty volatile picture oh, yeah, of R- a really RSD? super toxic relationship. Yeah. Like if you have RSD and you don't know that you have mm-hmm. RSD, <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so great to get this information, get diagnosed, you know, use it as a tool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's really messed up because um, my ex-husband and I, there were like blinding problems in our marriage and there were Mm -hmm. so many obvious signs that like we did not have a good relationship like it was toxic but like when we I could I I was the one who basically made the decision to cut and run and I remember like being on the phone with him and just being like I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm so sorry. You're a good person. And like saying these things and like, I meant it at the time, Mm -hmm. but then like the further apart I got, like the, the more time I had just like not being in a relationship with him, I was like, man that's fucked up (laughs) why was I apologizing like it's Mm. not it wasn't all my fault there is like there's a laundry list of shit that made that he did that made our marriage not work and so like Mm -hmm. I was like what is wrong with me and then like I mean literally what is wrong with me I didn't know what was wrong (laughs) with me but he would he would say things like I would forget things and he would say, are you stupid or something? Or like, just like the normal, uh, the normal Mm, issues that we struggle with, with ADHD. And it's like, I didn't know I had it. And so all of these, like my Mm -hmm. ups and downs or my ability to not pay attention to something or like lose interest in something quickly, or like, you know, being really, uh, you know, having, rejection sensitivity dysphoria and like like all of those things like mm-hmm. i felt so misunderstood in my marriage absolutely Same. like i was like <laughs> yeah. i was like you 
how come, why is everything my problem? Why is it, why am I always wrong? What is wrong with me? Like, what is the problem? But it's like, I just felt so unseen and it was like, well, you just don't get it. You don't understand. Like, I, I'm not trying to do this. It's just, I can't. And so like after, like years after, you know, cause I got divorced when I was 26 years old and that's still young. I got married at 20. <laughs> it was hella young. And so I was like, well, maybe I'm just like, you know, still turn, come, becoming an adult, you know, and like, yeah. you know, I, like yeah. learning about things. And then I was like, the older I got, it's like, these things are still happening yeah. to me. And some of mm -hmm. my struggles that were in my first relationship, not, not a lot of them, not the toxic things, but my, my husband is neurotypical and he doesn't understand me. But mm -hmm. the difference between my husband now and my ex-husband is my husband now gives me grace. That's good. That's what's most important. That is good. Yeah. So he doesn't yeah. understand it. And he's like, well, but why? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know <laughs> and, how my brain is. Yeah. And he accepts that. He goes, <laughs> okay, well, we'll have to figure out a way around that then. Yeah. You know? Oh, that was my so experience nice. too though my my ex-husband he's um yeah pretty neurotypical like great memory you know he's a smart dude and so he just he could never understand when I would forget something important it's like that's important how could you forget that you know like my brain doesn't discriminate right. it will forget <laughs> anything <laughs> you know it'll forget my mom's birthday yeah sometimes yeah. like or he would just be like I, I don't understand if, <laughs> if there's something important you need to do you know, this task, why can't you just do it? You know, like what's, if, mm. and I'm like, I don't even know how to explain it, but my brain won't let me, you know, like it sounds crazy to somebody yeah. who doesn't <laughs> struggle with that themselves, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so it was just, oh yeah, you're right. I never really felt seen. I, I felt like he just thought I was kind of this weird, uh, like, well, I mean, he'd even tell me sometimes like, please don't be weird, you know? <laughs> It's like <laughs> I just Don't gotta be, be weird. Me. Yeah, he would say that. So, oh my god. Uh, yeah. Um. And well, oh, and nice. you know, my uh, I he even had me get a hearing test one time because he thought I was my my hearing was. <laughs> but it's the it's like the audio <laughs> processing uh disorder that I struggle with, and he just couldn't believe it mm -hmm. that you know he. I mean, he also sometimes I swear he would mumble, you know, but he just couldn't believe that I couldn't hear him. And so, but mm. they told me I had perfect hearing. <laughs> yeah. Oh do you ever, uh, do you ever do that annoying thing where like somebody says something to you, but you're like in the middle of something else and like they say it to you and you heard it, but you didn't really hear it. And you go, huh, before you process it. And then you're like, then they're like, what? Like, why didn't you hear that? And then, so they're telling you again, you're yes. like answering them as they're telling you again, because you heard it the first time you just didn't process it quickly enough. Oh yeah. All the time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. My, that, that just annoys the shit out of my husband. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> no, I'll do what I do is actually, I don't know if this is better or worse. I mean, it's just different. Um, my kids will come up to me and I'll be in, right in the middle of something. And of course, kids are pretty impulsive, so they don't want to wait with their oh, yeah. whatever mom, it mom, is mom. they want. Mm -hmm. so, mom, mom. Yeah. Mom, 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 mom. Yeah. So they'll come up and, and, you know, mom their way into whatever I'm doing. And I'll be like, hold on just a sec. And they'll be like, mom, blah, 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 blah. And they'll start asking me a question. And if I'm still doing the thing that I was originally doing, I'll be like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then like, so what, one of my kids has learned that they can come up and just get a, get a positive answer to whatever they want oh, sometimes no. if I'm in the middle of something else. And then they say, oh, but you said I could. And I was like, and so now I have to be like, did you make sure that I was like actually listening? Did, was I doing something else at the time? Did I ask you to wait well, for a moment and you just kept talking? Annette, like, Annette has so, a, don't, Annette, don't you have that rule? Your daughters know that they need to be making eye contact with you if they have a question for you. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good rule. Anything mm -hmm. said without my mm. eyes directly in your eyes is null and void. <laughs> it goes into the black hole. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I even right. I even made a TikTok with my daughters about that very thing. Oh yeah, that was super cute. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. that's right. Oh yeah, check us out on TikTok, everyone. Which was funny. <laughs> super cute. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing, oh my but God. we're having fun doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Every day is a new learning experience. That's right. Um, but that's great. Oh my that's God. great but though, yeah. that your husband can, you know, at least like empathize. Well, maybe if he can't completely empathize, at least he has grace for you. He knows that that's just yeah. how you are. It's not yeah. that you're trying to be that way. You know, it's just. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's what's important. Yeah. Having love and grace well, for each other. Yeah. And he also sees like I have these areas like where I can't get started on something and at first he would say something about it, but he's learned over the years because now we're we've been married nine years. It'll Aww. be ten years in August. Yay! And, yay! Uh, yay! And uh, we're still happy. So, <laughs> but uh, it's uh, like if he just waits, then I'll get that like panic hyper focus and everything will get done like right away yeah you just gotta let it get to that boiling point (laughs) get the motivation he sees it yeah he sees it happen every time and he's always like in awe (laughs) of the fact that i can get it done and like i actually have everything and he's just like yeah i just don't get you but it's okay (laughs) i love it so jen there's nothing like panic mode (laughs) absolutely great like so good jen is your husband holy crap what's your husband like what's your relationship your uh, dynamic regarding adhd oh well currently the 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 dynamic's really good um in my current relationship so and this in during this relationship we learned that i have adhd i had been you know telling him for a while that i had suspected that that was the case but it was really hard to get um clinicians on board with figuring it out. Um, so I was just like, I wish, you know, for a while I was kind of like, I wish I knew the answer to why, you know, I would do this, that, or the other, or why I struggle. I really think this is why, you know, why certain things are like they are. So we kind of, you know, I kind of prematurely started treating it like maybe that's why everything was going on the way that it was like, you know, why do you forget things? Why do you, you know, leave something to the very last minute? Why do you, um, why do you have to hurry around to try to pick up something you've forgotten? Why do you freak out when something gets lost or misplaced or moved even slightly from where it was? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because like one of my coping. Like he knew that about you and just embraced it basically. Like even though, you Um, know. Yeah. 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 Well, he, he was kind of, he was embracing me in my process because um, yeah. when we met, I was very open and transparent about the healing that I was doing from past relationships. I was actively going to therapy, domestic violence. I was in domestic violence counseling or the very end of it. Um, and I was like, I'm trying to heal from these wounds. I'm trying to, you know, reclaim who I used to be. Not, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get to a better place and actually you know, get to where I think I should have been by now as an adult, um, (laughs) without the presence of a wrecking ball in my life. So, Mm -hmm. um, I just, you know, I was always really transparent and clear with him. Like I struggle with these things. These things will trigger my PTSD. These things are trouble spots that I've never figured out before. And I just kind of like tried to lay it out for him. Um, and when, whenever we had an, uh, like an issue, whether it was a miscommunication or just some kind of arguing point, we'd sit down and try to dissect what the problem was. And instead of something that made me a lot more comfortable to try to tell, like talk all this through with him is the fact that there was no blaming assigned. Mm. So like during the discussion, it wasn't like an argument where people were, you know, casting blame, like it's your fault. This happened. If you hadn't done that, we wouldn't be in this position right now. Um, and instead, um, he would do something that I had never seen in a relationship previously, which was focusing only on the future and how we could solve the problem going forward into the future (laughs) instead of focusing on the past. Oh, I love that. Which was, Yeah, which was like such night and day difference to me where I had been so used to being blamed for 
everything, anything and everything, regardless of whether it was my fault or my doing, I was blamed for it all. So um, that made a huge difference in my ability to communicate where I needed help. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally awesome. And it's still alive like that today, too. We still really are great with communication. Well, and Matt, forgive me if I'm wrong, but he's not on the neurotypical scale, right? We're not totally sure with him. Um, (laughs) He has certain characteristics that we think perhaps like I've said for years like hey perhaps you could have ADHD as well and he'd just kind of be like oh I don't know about that you know because he you know he just didn't really want to think about it at the moment or like you know like well uh, what does it matter now kind of thing but Mm -hmm. as time went on he's like well you know maybe that is why I do certain things so he's um probably going to be taking a look into that formally here in the next several months nice i I, mean, I, I totally get it why I, know, right? <laughs> I, I totally understand why somebody might not want to pursue that you know or, or maybe they're like i just i don't want to put a label on myself it's just the way i am it's fine whatever <laughs> but for me personally i felt <laughs> like it was the answer to like why i am the way i am and, uh, you know, that was mm-hmm. what I needed, but I would never judge someone who didn't want to, you know, get that. So yeah. teach your own. Matt's. Yeah. Well, he's just kind of, he's also the kind of person who like, he's, it's not that he's not capable of noticing details, but he tends to not notice like a lot of details that he thinks don't matter Mm. so like he'll just kind of gloss over certain things and i'll uh, like i remember point like pointing out random stuff during our relationship and he'd be like what no because he just never considered it before and then like a couple days later he'd like call me on the phone and be like oh my god i could not get what you said out of my brain and it turns out like (laughs) so like and then he'd, you know, think about it and be like, oh, my God, no way. So, <laughs> so um, like with Matt, he I think he had to go through a process of deciding whether or not the things that I was like, maybe you have ADHD about whether or not those even bothered him enough to pursue it. Mm-hmm. And also um, he had to go like we've kind of had to go through a process of researching his other medication side effects to make sure that maybe it's not the side effect of a different medication because he has a heart patient and many drugs that are used with heart patients also can mimic certain qualities of ADHD, such as inattentiveness and lack of mental energy. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. So we, we just wanted to make sure we weren't overreacting or jumping, jumping the gun on that. And, you know, Besides, he has to want to pursue it for himself. And if mm-hmm. he does, if he isn't as bothered by those things as I am when I have an issue, then, you know, that maybe that's fine for him. Maybe he doesn't really need to go through all that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. If it doesn't give you personal peace and fulfillment, then don't worry about it. Just do you. Well, Ellen, yeah. your current guy has ADHD. Yeah, right? yeah, he does. Tell yeah. us. Yeah, so I mean, tell us about uh-huh. what that's like to date another ADHD person. Cause... It's so, it's oh, yeah. so <laughs> wonderful to feel like you have a kindred spirit, you know, somebody that just oh my gosh. gets you. It's like I really do feel like our brains are so similar in some ways, and it's just wild to me because I think you kind of automatically have a lot of grace and empathy for the other person when you're both kind of like that i I don't know i've been thinking about that like mm-hmm. you know like uh, on one hand i could see how two adhders might have better odds of success you know if they um you know because they're kind of similar but maybe not it, i guess it depends on well a lot of things your maturity level your personality <laughs> you know Maybe when when you're young, you're just mm-hmm. not ready for a double ADHD partnership. But we're we, we feel like we're a little older <laughs> and and more mature now. And um, yeah, actually, my so my I mean, I've talked a little bit about this on here. But yeah, my boyfriend now and I actually met when we were like 13, I think. And um, 
and then dated when we were 15 and then uh i was in a in a in the church back then um cult uh, well yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know purity culture was really big in the 90s and so my parents uh made Mm -hmm. us break up after they caught some uh naughty emails that we've been sending each other and so uh yeah I, I just in the days before texting that's right yeah we didn't have cell phones yeah yeah but yeah. we gosh i mean yeah we had to email that that's right yeah we would email it in uh, aol instant messenger that was AOL all we had. yeah aol chats exactly yeah oh boy but like you know and we were we were so young back then you know we didn't it's it's hard to say what would have happened if we'd stayed together you know it's hard to say, but like we just mm-hmm. we really liked each other um, just for who we were, you know, and just really appreciated each other's personalities and everything. And so I just from the beginning with with him, I felt like I could just be myself. You know, I felt really comfortable in my own skin. And then after after that happened and I was forced to break up with them, I just kind of it, it shook me to the core, to be honest. I mean, it scared me. You know, my parents had never made me do something so drastic like that before. I basically just got, you know, life was pretty easy up to that. And so that's when I think I first started feeling like I had to mask, you know, and <clears throat> feeling like I'm not. I'm not, uh, the way I am right now is not what's expected of me or it's not good enough or, mm. yeah, you know, um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's when I started. I, so when, then when I was in, um, you know, well, you, you guys were, you knew me back then too. And so you, yes. <laughs> you were there for the same me. church <laughs> that I called a cult. Yeah. They're, we're not judging. I mean, we're no. not judging, but it's a cult. It was a cult. Yeah. yeah it was a cult. <laughs> for some people, religion is probably a great thing. But for me right now, I just, yeah. I can't do it anymore. That there was a lot of control going on in that church. Yeah. A lot of the, I feel like a lot of the elders just were a little too involved in other people's lives. And so there was a lot of pressure to mm-hmm. um, date someone within that specific church honestly i mean i feel i feel like back then mm-hmm. uh, feeling like i don't know i felt like that church just kind of felt like they were better than other christian churches for some reason you know like yeah. so i ended up dating my yeah. ex-husband there was and, a there was an error yeah <laughs> yeah a little snobby don't you think but yeah. anyway so i i ended up dating someone from there that liked me and i i didn't i wasn't really too interested in him you know at first to be honest but i think it just kind of wore me down and you're 16 and you want a boyfriend and so i just went for it but i was very careful this time you know we didn't kiss for like a year you know we just hung out with other people did that whole thing you know that book i kissed dating goodbye and all that shit that was the stuff i was reading back then so i was very good and then um but i mean unfortunately i was just like masking so much and didn't really looking back i i I, you know i never really fell in love to be honest it was just kind of going through the motions and it was a very quote safe relationship in a lot of ways you know because it was in the church and our parents were best friends with each other and everything looked perfect on the surface but there just wasn't a lot of love there. It was just more a uh, marriage of convenience. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, I, I even yeah. I even tried to uh, break it off before we got engaged. Yep. Yeah. And people from the church told me I was making a huge mistake and they scared me. So got back together with him, got married at 22 and um yeah like i was saying earlier like he's just he he never understood my adhd brain and so i felt kind of unseen for most of it but uh yeah Yeah. long story short divorced in 2021 uh dated someone uh you know briefly after that and then um uh in december i uh actually really reconnected with my parents like emotionally we we started having some great conversations with each other and we ended up talking about that 
incident where they made me break up with him when I was 15 and we were able to just talk about the whole thing. They apologized. They admitted that what they did was fucked up and they shouldn't have interfered in my life or should have, you know, they wish they'd done things differently. Basically. It was just amazing to finally have this conversation with them after all these years. And, um, on the way back home from that trip, I, uh, just decided to, you know, it had been 25 years, but I just decided to look him up on Facebook and uh, message him and just say, hey, how's it going? <laughs> you know, I would love to hear your life story. And I don't know. I think for so long, it, it, it was such a painful memory. You know, I, it, I felt like I couldn't really ever. I just told myself, like, you're never going to see him again. Get used to it. You know, get over it. Be a big girl. And um, and I just closed that door of my heart, you know, but I I just felt like I was at this point in my life where I could maybe open that and had no idea what was going to happen. You know, I, I was kind of thinking like, well, he's probably happily married and, you know, <laughs> but maybe there's a chance, you know, we'll see. We'll, I, you know, you just got to shoot your shot sometimes and see what happens. So I just mm -hmm. I just did it. And um, he wrote me back like 20 minutes later and we've been talking every day since then. <laughs> so it's just been uh Oh I gosh. know. And the only problem, though, is that we live across the country from each other. So um, that that's uh, that's yeah. the biggest challenge. That's small drawback. Small <laughs> problem. Yeah. But um, yeah. it has been amazing to reconnect with him. And we still have so much love for each other. And so it's just, oh, it's been very restorative and healing and just the most amazing experience of my that's life, great. to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So but yeah, he you know, when we were catching up. He told me he'd been diagnosed with ADHD a few years ago. And so it was like, oh, no wonder we get each other so well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or at least that's part of it. Um, but yeah, so yeah. so I, I feel like I guess just because two people have ADHD, that doesn't guarantee that they'll have a successful relationship. But I, I think with other factors, you know, like empathy and and love and grace and you know maturity and understanding like i think two people with adhd can be really successful you know because they just they know that they're gonna fuck up <laughs> they know they're gonna forget things <laughs> or be clumsy and, <laughs> and break yeah I, mean, I just visited him last week and i spilled my beer twice you know <laughs> two different times it's <laughs> it's just <laughs> i'm that's a waste of I know beer I'm really sad but i'm always going to be clumsy and so yeah <laughs> oh my so it's just gosh. been it's just been a really yeah. great relationship i'm very 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 happy right now that is Yay. amazing i'm so happy Ooh, for you. you so happy for you especially like I think everybody who like every ADHD brain out there needs their happy ending. So yeah. whether that's like, oh, I'm all by myself and being all by myself is the thing that I've always needed, then good for you. Oh, yeah. And if you found that other person that's just like, oh, this is what I've always needed. Well, then good for you, too. Mm -hmm. And, well, you know, and I. I'll just point, I'm just going to make this statement. This is not a popular statement to uh -oh. make, but your happily ever mm -hmm. after for now might not be your happily ever after forever. Mm. And mm, that's, that's also okay. Yeah. You know, there are seasons yeah. in life mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it's okay. It's okay to, you know, say, well, this is the end of this and move on to something I else. I agree. If that is what's necessary for you. Yeah. If you think about it, when when the the Christian church started insisting that people, you know, do the whole till death do us part thing, death was like 40 years away. Like, <laughs> you, like you, you live you'd be long. 40 years old. You'd be as old as we are and you'd die. Like, because that was like the old maid or crone version of yourself. And you're just, you know, you're old. You're you're like beyond ancient and then now people are living like 60 80 or 70 80 90 years yeah. and nobody expected to have times. to be married to the same person for 60 for, years yeah, that's a lot of years right imagine getting getting married when you're 20 and then you know being expected to stay married when you're 80 years old still like oh that was how, my that's life so much hmm. life 
That's so much life and so many things that like each person could mature in a different way. And that, and you know, that's nobody's fault. That's just where they were going. Mm -hmm. That's where they wanted to go. It's who they became. And I think our, our culture gets so wrapped up in blaming, like who, you know, who's to blame for the demise of the relationship that we forget that we've, you know, it's almost impossible to, it is impossible to be, to stop or to stay the same person for 60 years yeah. worth of time. We're always changing and evolving, um, growing, learning. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, I'm, I, I understand divorce happens and breakups happen and all that and everything, but like, I am the child of my mom was 17 when she married my dad, who's five years older. My parents are still together. My dad has ADHD. So, you know, like they, they still love each other. They're like a cute old couple now. So it is possible to find the one person that you like can stay with for all those ridiculous oh, yeah. amount of You just got to grow together. If I was married. Yeah. If I was married to my dad, I would have divorced him a long time ago, but you know, <laughs> my mom is a saint. <laughs> so, oh my God, that's I guess funny. my advice for people yeah. would just be, you know, if you're dating, if you're looking for someone, just be yourself because you don't want to get tr stuck in a relationship where you feel like you're masking and you're, and you're thinking, Oh, mm -hmm. if only they knew the real me, they would leave me. You know, I got to keep up this show. Like, no, that's no way to live. You know? Yeah. Everyone deserves authenticity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Agreed. That's true. Yeah. So just be yeah, your badass that's, self that's and do what you want. And haters are going to hate. And find somebody who, yeah, and find somebody who likes you for exactly, exactly. who you are. The shit show <laughs> that you are. That's right. Don't com don't compromise <laughs> the yourself. The circus. I mean, you know, oh, it's good to work on yourself, of course. We can all we can all be better people, but you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think at our Absolutely. core, we just I don't be think we want to. Sorry, <laughs> we, we no, I that's think we okay. just want to be loved for who we <laughs> are. You know, we just yeah, yeah. yeah. We do. And I don't Agreed. think, you know, I don't think anybody should get in the practice of using ADHD as a reason why you can't do certain things within your relationship, mm. you know, it or, you know, if it is such a big problem for you, then you might want to, you know, consider what's mo what's more important to you, not having to do the thing or having the relationship, you know, right. you make that call for yourself. But um, if I were to give anybody advice on how, like, you know, coming from really super toxic and abusive relationships to one that really works very well and is loving and warm and kind and considerate, um, I would say, you know, if anybody has misgivings about your ADHD and symptoms, it's probably not the right move for you <laughs> to be in a relationship with that person because you know diamonds can be broken but ADHD is forever <laughs> so you you got to you know consider that this is a hard and fast part of your brain and it's not just a part of of you know your personality it's not just a mental it's not a mental illness it's like the way your brain is wired and literally the way your brain is shaped so you're not going to get away from ADHD. The person that you marry, the person that you marry, they're not going to get away from ADHD. So if they can't stand certain things that you do and they keep calling you annoying or whatever they're calling you or stupid or lazy, slow or, you know, whatever it is, lazy, um, overly emotional, whatever it is, just take that as a cue that it's your turn to bow out and leave gracefully and say, you know what, maybe this just is not the right match. Don't be in such a rush that you are willing to excuse that kind of thing, because what they're saying is that a central part of who you are is not good enough mm -hmm. for them. So anybody with that attitude, they need to hit the road. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Agree. I guess my <laughs> advice would be for if we have any listeners who are neurotypical, you know, be more empathetic towards your partner who has ADHD, you know, help them with mm -hmm. their symptoms. Do Try to arrange both of your lives so that it works. And, 
You know, if you know that your your partner with ADHD has time blindness, you know, be a little bit more flexible with what time you're leaving or like tell them an hour before or tell them the wrong time even so that you get there on time, you know. <laughs> yeah, just like, figure out what works. You know, just <laughs> yeah, figure out what works because, you know, people with ADHD, you know, yeah, we have we have some weird quirks that we uh deal with all the time that you know there's not a whole lot we can do to change that but you're never going to find more empathetic creative wonderful people who just love you for the way you are so that's true that's absolutely true i feel like um all of my friends who have adhd and just anybody that i've known who's had adhd were just such genuine Mm -hmm. people that got right to the heart of things and you know they weren't afraid to accept other people for exactly the, where they were at and you know i i feel like people like um neuroatypical people or or people maybe just with ADHD can really see who people are sometimes <laughs> because we notice certain like quirks like micro expressions or you know, figures of speech that somebody keeps using, like, you know, we'll make note of those things, or at least I will. And, um, you know, I've all, all of my friends who have ADHD are like the most warm, kind and accepting people that there are, um, which is why I love being friends <laughs> with other ADHD mm-hmm. people, because I feel understood, understood and heard and seen, yes. you know? Yep. Yeah, so... Yeah. All right. Absolutely. So if you guys are close close (gasps) on our chapter of love. Yes. I was gonna close the book. I was closing (laughs) the book. (laughs) (laughs) But you picked it open like a big old book scab. Oh, a book scab. Yeah, because it it was just laying on the table. I mean I had to. It was just a flesh wound. <laughs> it's only a flesh wound. Yes. I love you guys. So to summarize, <laughs> to summarize, um, ADHD can present a number of stumbling blocks within relationships and marriages, especially once you you know are living together, have children together, and you're expected to do all the adult things. And that's hard. Even when you're an ADHD single person out there, but it's harder when you have to work with somebody else who may or may not have ADHD. So, you know, if you're kind of feeling that burn of, oh, my God, what have I gotten my what have I gotten myself into? Like, how can I function in this relationship? It feels heavy. You know, decide whether it's toxic or abusive, number one. But then if it's not, you know, kind of carefully consider where you can um, impact your relationship in a positive way? What can you take responsibility for that will help, you know, meet the needs of the relationship? And where can you ask for accommodations? Mm-hmm. If you think about it, you know, in, uh, educational institutions, they have accommodations, workplaces, they have accommodations. But so who says we shouldn't be able to have that level of support within a relationship where you should be able to say, hey, hun, you know, I have to be somewhere in the next 30 minutes. Would you mind, like, I'm going to set a, a, t- a, a an alert on my phone. Could you set an alert on your phone mm-hmm. too? Like, you know, it, sometimes it's really easy to do, you know, just make sure that it's a reasonable ask and not, mm-hmm. <laughs> not like completely unreasonable. But anyway, yeah. yeah. So make sure um, your partner understands you yeah. for who you are and that they, you know, if they're having trouble with dealing with your ADHD, then that oh, that could be a deal breaker, depending on how it goes. Yeah. Get counseling. Yeah. And if yeah. you have a therapist, yeah. a lot of times your therapist will also meet with your spouse so that, yeah. you know, <laughs> they can give some clarity into that. So. Yeah, because everyone deserves to be loved yeah. for who they are. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And our ADHD symptoms and the presence of our ADHD is non-negotiable mm-hmm. because it's going to be there regardless. <laughs> so it is it non-negotiable. It rent free. So <laughs> <laughs> it so does. Are you kidding? It's the one who charges oh, good rent. Good point. The ADHD tax. Oh, 
Yeah, the the brain energy tax for sure. I I'm feeling it yeah. today, right now. <laughs> I can't even anymore, guys. Um, <laughs> but if you're out there listening and you're just like, uh, I don't know, like I I just don't know. My brain is shutting down, like right <laughs> right now, guys. My brain is shutting, if you're out, if you're shutting out there listening, the fuck down. We love you. And we want the best for you. Yeah. We love you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm just going to default to like drunk Jen and be like, I, I love, love you guys. I love you, I man. love you guys. Good night. Good night and bottle Bottle <laughs>